Hey everyone, this is Mindy. Thanks for listening to another episode of Old Time Radio. Next up in the Big Show series, episode 4. This one aired November 26th, 1950. There was a couple of things that struck me about this one. Um, So sitting in 2022, almost 2023, the middle of the show, there's this uh, all-male conversation about... Salula Bankhead, why is she the MC of this? Like, why, why is Abroad doing it? <laughs> I'm like doing dishes and I stop like mid scrub, like, oh, right, right, 1950. <laughs> it was so jarring. But it made me curious, you know, like I, I believe I said in the first intro, Tallulah Bankhead's reputation was legendarily saucy uh, that NBC gambled with her being the host of this. Whether or not she was female was not what struck me was just that they were willing to hope that that wasn't going to turn people off. The female thing actually did not enter my mind, but thinking back over shows I've been exposed to on this podcast and things I've read, I mean, we have these, you know, Judy Garland filled in as host for Bing Crosby, but does she ever host her own show that was solely hers, that kind of thing? I mean, it wasn't as common and that's true, particularly for a variety show where it's, you very much think of the Bing Crosbys, the Bob Hopes, the Jack Bennies, like that that kind of, it, it was very much a male-dominated thing. So I was just curious, did a little Googling, and I, just to see, like, female hosts in the, the early days of radio. And the first woman to have her own radio show was a woman named Kate Smith. It was called the Kate Smith Hour, and it was started back in uh, 1931, Well, excuse me, 1937 and 1945 was the Kate Smith hour, but she had her own show as early as 1931, and she talked about news and commentary things, and it was her show, and so she is credited as the first woman to have have her own. And another early pioneer for female hosts in the radio space was Pekin, Pekin, excuse me, Fitzgerald, P-E-G-E-E-N. She co-hosted a show with her husband, Ed, and it became the first lady of radio chatter. They covered topics. They were wildly successful, you know, in 1940s dollars, making $160,000 a year, you know, co-hosting the show together. So there's a couple of tidbits for you on early female hosting pioneers there. Another thing that caught, the second thing really that caught my attention was that voice, that voice. I knew, I knew that voice (laughs) of the Mad Hatter from Alice in Wonderland, the animated Disney version. And sure enough, Edwin did not know his name. Really interesting guy. Really, really interesting. Sounds like a really nice guy. Well-respected. I encourage you to kind of look him up. Edwin, W-Y-N-N. Discovered by Red Skelton. He started off in the Zigfield Follies. He is on this big radio show that's meant to save radio, but he also was recognized with a Peabody and Emmy for hosting one of the very first TV variety shows. His talent reached across all mediums. He was actually a uh, well-respected dramatic actor, thanks to his son encouraging him to go that route after decades in comedy, but he, he went dramatic and got a Best Supporting Actor nomination for The Diary of Anne Frank, but mostly is known as a Disney legend, a voiceover actor, as I said, the Mad Hatter in Alice in Wonderland. But he was also the toy maker in Babes in Toyland and Uncle Albert in Mary Poppins. And it goes on and on and on, a certified Disney legend, which is apparently a thing. So just a couple of things to note. Female hosts were a thing back then. They 
are very much a thing now. And Edwin is that very familiar uh, voice that to this day is still getting mimicked in a way of honor because it's so recognizable and so, so good. So just a couple of things to note as you walk into episode four of the big show that's starting right now. Enjoy. Fred, stop it. You're about to be entertained by some of the biggest names in show business. For the next hour and 30 minutes, this program will present in person such bright stars as... Uh, Fred Allen, Jack Carson. Mindy Carson. Ed Archie Gardner. Lawrence Merkel. <laughs> Edwin. Meredith Wilson. And my name, darlings, is Tallulah Bankhead. The National Broadcasting Company presents The Big Show. So listen, America, the curtains of America. We're going to fill your parlor full of stars. The Big Show, 90 minutes with the most scintillating personalities in the entertainment world. Brought to you this Sunday and every Sunday at this same time as the Sunday feature of Five Show Festival, NBC's star-studded five-night-a-week program extravaganza. And here is your hostess, the glamorous, unpredictable Tallulah Bankhead. Hello, darlings. First, I want to say, be sure to tune in again next week at the same time for another big show. The announcer usually says this at the end of the program. But last week, I received a phone call from a very dear friend of mine in Hollywood. Her name is Unimportant. Uh, Miss Betty Unimportant. (laughs) And I asked her if she'd heard any of our shows. And she said she tuned in the first week just in time to hear the announcer say... Tune in again next week at the same time for another big show. So the next week she tuned in again at the same time, and again the announcer said, Tune in again next week at the same time. Well, she never heard the show, darlings. Just the announcer forever saying, Tune in again next week at the same time. But I received another phone call that I'm really thrilled about. A man called me. <laughs> well, I can hardly wait to meet him. I don't know who he, who he was, but over the phone he sounded so tall and magnificent, his voice like a rippling stream, a babbling brook, a gushing waterfall. You wouldn't settle for a post-nasal drip, would you? <laughs> <laughs> I I couldn't get nasal out of my nose. (laughs) Am I glad you're on our show this week? Is that a question? (laughs) No, I need your advice. I have a problem. Oh, a problem. Will you step a little closer to the microphone, madam, please? And no initials. I want names, dates, places, everything. I'm nosy. (laughs) 
yes, I know, Fred. Well, this past week, I received a most exciting phone call from a very wealthy man I've never met. Really? And he's coming backstage to see the show, and then we're going out. Oh, he's coming down to get you in a taxi, honey? Yeah, I'm going to be ready at about a half past eight. Now, darling, <laughs> darling, don't be late. Oh, no, I want to be there when the band starts playing. Ladies and gentlemen, for our next song, oh, Miss Pankhead and I... <laughs> Please be a dear. It's very important to me, darling, that I make an impression on this man. Oh, really? I want you to show me how I can be witty and screamingly funny and get lots of loves. I want you to tell me how to be a huge success on this program. You want me to explain how to be a success in radio? Well, that's one way to get the program off to a big laugh right there. <laughs> Tell me more about this telephone Lothario who called you up. Who is he? What does he do? Well, he told me he owns a chain of restaurants, and I think he said he dabbles in literature. He's written a book about restaurants. Oh, a book about restaurants? Mm -hmm. I think I've read it. It's called, Are These Our Child? <laughs> No, please, Fred. I want to be terribly funny. funny Remember the time when I was a guest on your radio program and we did a wonderful little satirical sketch about the early morning Mr. and Mrs. shows? Why don't we do that now for them? For him, Fred. Huh? Oh, what's the use to Lula? He'll only laugh. But look, if you insist, we'll try it. Now, as I remember, first you heard the NBC chimes and then the announcer said, The correct time is 6 a.m. And now to Lou and Freddy, that happy, homey couple. We take you to their homey little apartment where they broadcast their homey little program direct from their homey little breakfast table. Meet to Lou and Freddy. Good morning, Freddy, dear. Good morning, Tallulah Angel. Sweetheart, I must say you look refreshingly well-rested this morning. Yes, thanks to our wonderful Pasternak factory-tested Pussy Willow mattress. <laughs> the mattress that takes all of the guesswork out of sleeping. So soft, so restful. And just seventeen fifty at Bamberger's. Only the hearts of the tender Pussy Willows are used. Is breakfast ready, Angel Faze? Yes, sweetums. Here's your coffee. Ah, oh, thank you, doll. Mm, ah, what coffee. What aromatic fragrance. It must be... You're right, lovey. I knew it. It's Makista's Vita Fresh Coffee. The coffee with the locked-up goodness for everybody. Grind or drip. <laughs> Quick, darling, another cup. Ah, uh -huh. oh. Peach fuzz, you've spilled some on your vest. Goody. Now I can try some of that little panther spot remover. No harsh rubbing. Just spray some little panther on your vest and watch it eat the spot out. And imagine, darling, a big two-ounce bottle for only 35 cents. Or if you are a messy eater, you can get the handy, economical 40-gallon vat with spring balls. <laughs> Angel eyes, I have so much juicy gossip to tell our, our listeners this morning. Stop, stop, don't you dare move. Now, what's the matter, darling? What is it? What have you done to your hair? Uh, that sheen, that brilliant. Well, I just did what so many society women are doing these days. I went to Madame Yvonne's hair do heaven. Oh. It's on Madison Avenue. You go to the back of the orange juice stand. Yes. <laughs> rap three times and ask for Antoine. It is divine. Your head looks like the back of a bunny. 
good bunny. <laughs> Madame Yvonne uses a sensational hairdressing. Really? It contains that new mystery ingredient, chicken fat. <laughs> I hear it's on sale at all of the better thrift shops. But uh, go on, darling. Ah, our canary, little Yasha. Oh, <laughs> Doesn't little Yasha sound glorious this morning? And I bet I know just what he's saying, too. He's saying, gee willikers, mummy and daddy, thanks for feeding me that swell Dr. Gruber's three-way bird seed. That comes in 15 and 25 cent packages, tailored to fit the beak. Yasha is so uh, happy. He's so carefree and wise, you'll need be happy. Yes, he knows that the newspaper on the bottom of his cage is New York's leading daily. <laughs> the Morning Record. The Morning Record has 32 columnists, 18 pages of comics, and all the news no other newspaper sees fit to print. <laughs> Excuse me, Apple Honey. Yes? I have a letter here from Mrs. T.S. Button of Mole Holes, Idaho. Yes? Now, Mrs. Button has had a splitting headache for 40 years until she heard about Pepto-Bepto on our program. Oh, only Pepto-Bepto is guaranteed to fizz twice. Once before you drink it, and once after. <laughs> oh, and here's another interesting letter from a kleptomaniac. She writes... Why, it's our little three-year-old daughter, Irene. <laughs> Isn't she cute? Oh. Irene, I just love the way your tooth is shining this morning. <laughs> yeah, I brushed it with Dr. Pratt's homogenized toothpaste. And what does Dr. Pratt's toothpaste do, baby? Well, gets into your mouth, yeah. rolls up its sleeves, yeah. and really does a job on your dirty old teeth. Isn't she cute? So sweet. <laughs> now run along to school, baby. Yes. Daddy and Mommy have oh so many things to tell our listeners. Yes, especially about the celebrities we saw at the stock club last night. Oh, wasn't it too wonderful? Oh. Maury Amsterdam, oh. Buster Crab, yes. Nick Kenny, the Mistress Chef. Yes. J. Edgar, all waving oh. to us. <laughs> oh, now, what are you oh. laughing at, love? I just thought how witty Oscar Levant was last night when he poured that bottle of Piccalilli over Jim Farley's head. <laughs> oh, dear Oscar, so clever. Oh, especially the way he ad-libs with Piccalilli. I've never seen anything like <laughs> and that. And wasn't Mr. Farley a good sport? Well, darling, he just sat there grinning and smacking his lips. Yes, and you too will smack your lips if you taste Primor pre-shrunk piccalilli. <laughs> the only piccalilli that bears the hobo news seal of approval. Well, there's little Yasha telling us our time is up. We'll be back tomorrow morning at six, folks. Until then, this is Freddie. And to Lou. Saying goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Now, wasn't that simple, Tallulah? With a radio program like this, you don't have to worry about talking for an hour and a half every Sunday night. Why, with a morning show, you can be all finished and back in bed by half past six. But it's ridiculous, Fred. Nobody can possibly be that cheerful every morning. Well, that's true. If one of those happy couples woke up grouchy one morning, the listener would probably hear something like this. Oh, 
Hey, knucklehead, get out of that bed. We've got a program to do. Will you quit yapping? Six o'clock in the morning. Who's up to listen to us? A couple of burglars and a disc jockey, maybe. <laughs> what a racket. Well, if you want to go back to hustling gardenias in front of Lindy's, go right ahead. Yeah? Where were you? Queen of the powder room at the brass rail. <laughs> My mouth tastes like a sand hog just pulled his foot out of it. God, I'm sleepy. Well, why don't you stay home some night and try sleeping? Sleeping? On that Pasternak Pussy Willow mattress? Pussy Willow. It's stuffed with cat hair. Every time I lie down on that cat hair, my back arches. Oh, stop beefing. Here's your coffee. Well, it's about time. <laughs> what are you trying to do, poison me? It's that Marquise's Vita Fresh oh. coffee. It won't kill you. Oh, it won't, eh? Why do you think the government makes them put that skull and crossbones on the can? <laughs> Look at this. I spill some on my nightshirt here. Oh, you're such a slob. <laughs> I'll get that bottle of little panther spot remover. You're not putting any of that atomic juice on me. <laughs> the last time it ate away my nightshirt and I still had the spot left. Holding it there in my hand I was on the spot and had it with Where do you find these sponsors? In the police lineup? Look, Gruesome If you'll keep that big bazoo of yours closed for one minute ah! What is it? Your hair It looks as though you just took your head out of a mix master I know that hag, Madame Yvonne With her chicken fat My hair keeps sliding off my head <laughs> That bird again Shut up, you molting pest I thought I told you to give that canary Some Dr. Gruber's bird seed Well, I did Now, Yasha's the only canary in the country With an ulcer <laughs> The way that Gruber palms off That chopped up beaver board On bird lovers What's the mail today, Chowderhead? A summons Somebody took that Somebody took that Pepto-Bepto And dropped dead Why don't you? Now, look here, clam Oh, face. shut up. And, Yasha, you shut up, too. Good morning, Mumsy and Daddy. That'll teach you. Sneaking up on your parents with that one tooth like an old elk. Well, can the brat help it if she looks like you? I want my breakfast. Go gum a donut. I want to mention the celebrities we saw last night at dinner What celebrities? We ate in the automat and you know it I'm going back to bed The program isn't over, dope We still have 160 more products to mention Well, you mention them I've had enough of this six o'clock grind With you and that kid in the canary yapping around here I've got a gun You're right You killed Yasha Yes, and you're next Daddy, you killed Mommy Yes, Irene, now it's your turn uh, Am I going too, Daddy? Yes, good night, Irene <laughs> Well, tune in tomorrow, folks For something new in radio programs One man's family without the family
the kind of thing I'd like to do on this program, Fred. Uh, can't you tell me some of the funny and witty things you say on your show so I can impress this man? Well, Tallulah, I'm going to let you in on a little trade secret. You know, yeah. I really don't say anything witty or funny. It just seems as though I do. I'll show you what I mean. I brought along a few jokes I happened to run across. I uh, got my copy of the National Geographic a little early this month. Uh, now, if I could just get a straight man to help me tell these jokes. You, sir, could you come up here, sir? Would oh, you... yes, yes, I'm coming. Here I am. You mean me, don't you? Yes, I <laughs> <am>. <laughs> uh, What is your name, sir? My name? Yes. I don't know. Your it's name. A... Wait a minute, I'm thinking. Well, I, I'm... Well, wait a minute. <laughs> I had it on the tip of my tongue, you know. Would you mind looking at the tip to see what my name is? E.D. Ed, I see Ed. Could you put your tongue out a little farther so I can see the rest... Oh, Ed Pallet, is it? I see Pallet in there. No, no, no. That's not your no, name? I know my name, because my wife and I just had dinner, you know. Uh-huh. And we had alphabet soup, and my name came up. I, I know it. It's uh, Wynn. Ed Wynn oh, is my name. Ed Wynn. Well, that's my Ed name, Wynn. yeah. Well, Mr. Wynn, we've never met before. We're total strangers. Yeah. You don't know who I am, and I don't know who you are. Is that right? That's right, Fred. <laughs> what business are you in, Mr. Wynn? Oh, I'm not ashamed. Television. Oh, are you really? <laughs> Television. It is known in some circles as home entertainment. Mm -hmm. Because nobody would think of going out of the home to see it. <laughs> You're in the television business, eh? Well, look, I'm having a little trouble with my set. Well, what's wrong? You can't get any shows on it? No, I can't get them off of it. <laughs> Oh, well, I'll tell you. I have an invention for a thing like that. Yes? You'll enjoy your television with my invention. It's a six-foot screen. A six-foot screen? Yes, I keep it right in front of my set. Can't see a thing. <laughs> well, now, if you two embittered gentlemen will get back to my problem... Uh, oh, yes, Tallulah. Now, watch this closely. Mr. Wynn, uh, if you will, please, will you start reading the jokes from this National Geographic magazine here? Yes, yes, all right. Seems like such a silly thing to do, though. No. All right. The dancing girls of Java are known for their... No, uh, uh, please, Mr. Wynn, it's on the other side. Oh. I'd rather read this part if you don't mind. Well, you... No, no. Read the other side, if you will, please. All right. <laughs> but that's like walking out in the middle of a picture, you know. <laughs> All right, here it is. Joe. A hunter one day was walking through the jungles of Africa when he suddenly encountered a lion. You mean? Get that, Tallulah. Isn't that a clever line? You mean? Yeah. Before he could shoot, the lion sprang at the hunter, but he misjudged the distance. And then? There's a gem. Latch onto that one. And then? And then the lion took such a long jump that he missed the hunter completely, and he ran off into the jungle. <laughs> well, coming back that evening, the hunter saw that the lion... Well, he saw the same lion in a little side trail-like in the jungle, you know. Yeah. And what do you think the lion was doing? You don't mean that... Yes, sir. It was the same lion he was practicing shorter jumps. <laughs> well, I know there are people out there. I can hear them breathing. You see what I mean? You see what I mean, Tallulah? You were very funny, Fred. I know I was excruciatingly funny, but what did I say? All I said was, you mean, and then... You don't mean that. That's all you have to learn. Now, if you do that to Lula, you'll be as big a success in radio as I was. You mean? Now, you're doing it. 
Fred, I'm eternally grateful to you. Oh, it's nothing, as you will soon find out. The dancing girls of Jabba are known for their no, wonderful... No, 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 please, please, give me that National Geographic, Mr. Oh, Weir. all right. Gentlemen, if you don't mind, I would like to rehearse these witticisms before my visitor gets here. Meredith, would you please have your orchestra play something? Well, uh, aren't you going to introduce the number? Oh, all right, darling. Meredith Wilson presents the big show chorus and orchestra in an exciting gypsy song called Love is Such a Cheat, complete with flashing eyes, violins, love, and moonlight. Would you see if I'm reading these lines correctly? Be glad to, Tallulah. Uh, now, see if you like this reading. You mean... And then you don't mean that. How's that? Well, it may, uh, it may not get a laugh out of the audience, but it certainly will keep them awake. 
Now, Fred, darling, am I throwing too much of myself into it? Well, if I may say so, Tallulah, the best part is still left over. Say, Tallulah, here comes Jack Carson. Why don't you try my suggestions out on Jack? Oh, Jack Carson, just a man of one seed. <laughs> Hello, Tallulah. Hello, Fred. Say, I, I, I heard a funny story back there just now. You mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you heard it. Oh, no, no. Go right ahead. Thank you. Well, this is the story of a fellow who dreamed one night that he was a great baseball player, see? He pitched a no-hit game, and every time he got up to the bat, he hit a home run. And then? That's it, Tallulah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then the next night, he had that same dream again. You don't mean that, uh... <laughs> Certainly I do. He dreamed that he pitched a no-hit game, and every time he got up to bat, he hit a home run. He dreamed this seven nights in a row. You mean? <laughs> <laughs> mean what? Aren't you paying attention? He dreamed this seven nights in a row, and then he decided to sell his butcher shop and become a ball player, and his partner wouldn't let him. He made him go to see a psychiatrist. You don't mean that, uh... <laughs> But what? I don't know, darling Just you don't mean that This is the glamorous, unpredictable Tallulah Bankhead <laughs> Who cares about her? Jack, I want to hear the end of this story So this fellow went to a psychiatrist yeah, And then, the, and psychiatrist, then... The, the psychiatrist said to him Why do you waste your time dreaming about baseball? Why don't you dream of a beautiful girl with a million dollars, madly in love with you, takes you out in her big car, winds you and dines you and pays all the bills, drives you home and gives you a great big goodnight kiss. Why don't you dream about that instead of baseball? And the fellow said to the psychiatrist, what? <laughs> it was my turn at bat? <laughs> and then? That's it, kid. Those are the jokes. I know you're here. I can hear you breathing. Oh, Jack, I'm terribly sorry I acted so stupidly. It's just that I'm expecting a visitor, and I want to impress him. And Fred has been such a dear, showing me how to be... Oh, it was really nothing to Lou. I don't know how I got into this thing in the first place. I just happened to stop in here to say howdy to Mr. Ice and pick up a few cubes on the way home. But they tell me Mr. Ice has moved his rink over to Rockefeller Plaza. So I'll just take this tonsillectomy bag over there. See you all later, I'm afraid. See you later. He's a dear. But, Jack, maybe you can advise me. I want so much to be successful on this show today. Well, uh, Tallulah, every actor should have a flash finish to his act. A dance or a song. Uh, you sing? Give my regards to Broadway. You dance? <laughs> now, Jack, I sing very well, in spite of my voice. <laughs> Won't you try a song with me? Well, I'm from Milwaukee, and I ought to know better, but... Here we go. Meredith, how about uh, Baby, It's Cold Outside? I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. Darling, I simply must go away. Baby, it's cold outside. Very well, darling, I'll stay. <laughs> You twisted my arm. <laughs> and hoping that you drop in. I said I'd stay. Uh, 
I'll hold your hands there just like I... Well, don't make a federal case out of it, darling. I'll stay. <laughs> Beautiful, what's your hurry? Who's in a hurry? I'm not going out in this blizzard. <laughs> listen to the fireplace roar. I'd like to listen to it if you'd stop talking. Beautiful, please don't hurry. Who's hurrying? I'm gonna gonna stay here in front of the fire. <laughs> Put some records on while I pour. Hand him a drink, darling. Baby, you'd freeze out there. I believe you. You've convinced me. Well, it's up to your knees out there. I'm spending the night right here in front of this fireplace. You are? <laughs> Your eyes are like starlight now Stop talking about my eyes My feet are freezing How can you do this thing to me? I'm not going out there and put the car in the garage Think of my lifelong sorrow And go and see if the children are covered If you caught pneumonia and died And warm up my side of the bed Baby, don't hold out Baby, it's cold outside Honestly, sometimes I think I should never have married you in the first place Baby, it's it's cold cold. Fools you, didn't we, darlings? <laughs> you see, Tallulah, a song always kills them. And Tallulah, if you can do a song impersonating somebody else singing it, you're a cinch. But, darling, I couldn't possibly impersonate anybody. Couldn't? That's not the way I heard it. I, the, I hear there's one impersonation you do better than anybody else. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, no, no. Here, here's what I mean by an impersonation. It goes something like this. The music stops. Uh. Steady, kid. But we were, were still dancing, which goes to show. Well, Tulu, Tulu, what did you think? Tallulah, hey. Hey, what's what matter? you know? Oh, I just got back on you sent me, and just in time to ring my chimes is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. The Big Show. This is the National Broadcasting Company Sunday Extravaganza with the most scintillating personalities in show business. This portion of the program is the Sunday feature of NBC's star-studded five-show festival of comedy, music, drama, and mystery presented five nights a week and brought to you by your local Ford dealer who is now displaying the new 1951 Ford, the car that's built for the years ahead. By RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television. And by the makers of Anison, for fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia. The big stars on this program are Fred Allen, Jack Carson, Mindy Carson, Ed Archie Gardner, 
Lawrence Melchior, Edwin Meredith Wilson and his orchestra, and every week, your hostess, the glamorous, unpredictable, Miss Tallulah Bankhead. Well, darling, this is one big show where I must be especially effective because I want to impress a certain mysterious gentleman who phoned the other day and said he was coming over to see me. And how can I miss when appearing with me here are three great stars, Fred Allen, Jack Carson, and Ed Wynn. Now, the advice these gentlemen have given me has been most invaluable. It's worthless. Worthless. <laughs> worthless. You try to help somebody out, and that's all the thanks you get. Plus a check. Yeah. Yeah, hey, Fred, and who knows if the check isn't worthless? A good point, Jack. I'm glad Wait you... Wait a minute here. You fellas getting paid for this? Yeah. They told me it was a benefit. <laughs> well, it is for Miss Bankhead. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine a woman emceeing a big show like this. Eh. Women are getting into everything, you know it, fellas? I was even driven over here in a taxi by a woman cabbie. We've been in radio for years. Any one of us could do a better job than she does, couldn't we, Ed? Well, I don't know, Fred. I've never driven a taxi, you know. <laughs> you don't understand. Fred's talking about us running a big radio show like this one. Yeah. We've been stars on radio for a long time, and to be replaced by a woman. Yes. Well, Mr. Carson, may I ask what radio show you're starring on these days? Well, I'm, I'm not on any show this season. And you, Mr. Allen? Well, I'm not on radio this season either. And you, Mr. Wynn? Oh, I've been out of season for years! <laughs> but uh, I have a television show, and so has Ed Wynn, and, and people seem to like those, and people enjoy your television show too, don't they, Fred? Well, they enjoy it after a fashion. An old-fashioned even helps more. <laughs> Television is all right, Jack, but give me radio as it used to be, with all of the big stars like Ed Wynn here, Kate Smith, Rudy Valley, Jack Carson, Jimmy Durante, Jack B-E-N-N-Y. <laughs> oh, yes, those were the big names, Fred. But great Godfrey, who have they got today? Radio has new faces, Ed. Quiz masters. Yeah. Have you seen any of those new pans who are giving away pots? <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time, you put on a show with a big star whose name was a household word. Now all you need to put on a show is a household utensil. Darling, <laughs> it's nice to be standing here listening to you wags wag, but I'm expecting a very important visitor, and I'd like to get on with the show oh, so well, where, that... Oh, here, here comes a guy now. Is this the one? Oh, no, that's Ed Hurley, and he probably has a commercial. Oh, that's right, Miss Bankhead. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring you an invitation... An invitation to examine the fine new Ford for 1951. It's on display now at your neighborhood Ford dealers, and we want you to see it. We want you to drive it, because this car is the finest Ford ever produced. It's a quality car, a car that's designed and built to give you lasting satisfaction in the years ahead. When you inspect the 1951 Ford, you'll find that it offers 43 look-ahead features, features that will keep it young in performance young in style for years to come. Among them, you'll find the new automatic ride control for an easy ride, a level ride. The automatic mileage maker for real fuel economy, 
and new luxury lounge interiors with rich, color-harmonized Ford Craft fabrics. We invite you to see all 43 look-ahead features of this great new Ford for 1951 at your Ford dealers tomorrow. I can't understand why this man hasn't shown up. If he's unavoidably detained, the least he could have done was to have telephoned. Has he got your number, Tallulah? Yes, Jack, he has. That could be a reason. Well, say, this may be a revolutionary idea, Miss B., uh, but why don't you call him up? Frederick. I, Tallulah Bankhead, telephone a man? Never. No. I would never telephone any man. Do you hear me? Never, never would I telephone a man. I have never telephoned a man, and I will not telephone a man now. Never, never, never. So you won't talk, eh? <laughs> Why, I wouldn't telephone him if he were the last man on earth. Well, if he was, his line would be pretty busy. <laughs> now, Fred, can you ever in your wildest imagination picture me sitting around in my apartment moping because some one man hasn't called up? Can you imagine me groveling over the phone before any man in a conversation that would probably go something like this? Hello? Hello, is Claude there? Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I must have the wrong number. Now, wouldn't you know, they never get a wrong number on any other radio show, but on this huge hour-and-a-half mishmash extravaganza... Some incompetent sound man gets me a wrong number. <laughs> hello, Claude, darling. Uh, hello, darling. Yes, this is Tallulah. What do you mean, Tallulah who? <laughs> now, Claude, you needn't try to disguise your voice. I know it anywhere. Oling Young, I'm sorry. Uh, may I speak to... Oh, thank you, dear. Darling boy, Ling Young. His family's been with Claude's people for years. His father before him, that was old young, and, and now Len Young. He's the young young. Oh, hello, Claude, my pet. This is Tallulah. Uh, oh, what do you mean, Tallulah who? <laughs> oh, a joke. <laughs> oh, that's awfully good, dear. Boar. Oh, Claude, dear, you were supposed to phone me, you know. Well, you were taking me out to dinner. But will you meet me in my dressing room right off the show? I, I shall be but a mo... Well, in front of NBC. I'll be waiting at the car... But would you drive to my hotel, darling? I'll be in the lobby right by... All right, darling. What is your address again? <laughs> now, just a moment. I I'll get a pencil and jot it down. I, I saw one here just a moment ago. Where is that pencil? Oh, hold on, Claude, dear. I I'm looking for a pencil, darling. Where in that... Oh, just when I need a pencil, you can't find one. Oh, hold on, darling, holding on. Okay, I'm just going to find my glasses so I can find my pencil. <laughs> well, I don't wear glasses all the time, only when I'm awake. <laughs> that was a joke, son. <laughs> oh, here's a pencil. I found it without my glasses, you see? Now, uh, uh, now, Claude, uh, what was that address again? Oh, I'm sorry, darling. It isn't a pencil after all. It's my thermometer. <laughs> You're just lying here. It's 105. 
<laughs> I'm sure that pencil must be around here somewhere because I... Oh, here it is at last. I found it, Claude, darling. I found it. Now, now, now. Now, what, what, what was that address again? Tell me again, now, will you? Yeah, yeah, I'll jot it down right now, uh-huh. And No, not so fast, my sweet. Uh, yes, I'm ready now. I, uh, I can't see, uh-huh, you tonight. Why not? <laughs> yes, you've told me that before. Rehearsing in a play, yes, I know. Yes, of course, at the theater by eight o'clock, I know. Yes, big scene tomorrow. With whom did you say? Oh, Claude! Oh, you're kidding. Well, she plays your mother, of course. <laughs> she plays your fiance? Oh, how quaint. It must be one of those, uh, those stories where the young man marries the rich old dowager. <laughs> now, don't tell me how old she is. I went to school with her. <laughs> oh, what am I saying? I mean, I was only joking, darling. <laughs> I mean, really, where's your sense of humor? Well, if you're busy tonight, uh, how about uh, tomorrow night, huh? Oh, and the night after? I see... I see. I see. But you can't see me. <laughs> I understand perfectly. Oh, no, Claude, of course not. Of course, there'll be no tears. Oh, no hysterics, no weeping, wailing and tearing of hair. That's for Judith Anderson, darling. <laughs> You've seen me often enough in the theatre. I always underplay. But for the help! <laughs> I play all my crises coolly and calmly. And now, coolly and calmly, I give you this ultimatum. Either you see me before the week is out, or what, or nothing. Either you see me before this week is out. That's it. Listen to me, Claude. If I don't hear from you before the week is out... I'll call you tomorrow. <laughs> oh, please, Claude, you needn't lie about it. I'm, I know when I'm being made a fool of. I wasn't born yesterday. Now, what do you mean by that last remark? <laughs> Claude, this is no good. We simply cannot go on this way. I mean, it, it was never meant to be, my sweet, that's all. This is our third act curtain. The play is over. The notices are written. It's been a long run, and we were a hit while it lasted. No, no, Claude, don't, don't, don't say sorry. I'll go away, Europe, London. Somebody wants me to do a play, you know. Oh, I'll stay there, because I'll never come back. It means leaving my friends, my life, but I'll make a new life over there. Then this is, this is goodbye. And, oh, Claude, one thing you can do for me. Give my regards to Broadway. Now, Fred, can you imagine my doing that? Never. Hey, Tallulah, I found him. Is this the guy you're waiting for? No, Jack, that's Loris Melchior! Young man, please put me down. Oh, sure. 
What is this strange custom, Miss Bankett, carrying artists into the studio? I can walk. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Melchior. But you see, I, I was expecting a friend, and Jack thought you were he. But am I glad to see you, darling? Is that a question? <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, we're very happy to have you on our program. We're trying to get some of the greatest voices in the world on the big show. Why, only a few weeks ago, we had Mr. Pinza. Oh, yes. Old man Pinzer. <laughs> he was here. Oh, yes. Oh, I see. So that is when you started the custom of carrying the artist into the studio. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mr. Melchior. Mr. Pinzer is very attractive and so virile. We girls find him that way. We who? <laughs> That's very funny, darling. Yes, I understand, my good friend Esther, have become quite a romantic figure. You're so right, he is romantic. No, no, Miss Bankett, I said rheumatic. <laughs> Why, Mr. Melchior, you're making Pinza sound positively aged. How old is he? Older than springtime he is. <laughs> oh, Mr. Melchior, I saw him only a few weeks ago, and I'm sure he's only in his late thirties. Uh, Miss Bankett... It is later than you think. Uh, how old are you, Mr. Melchior? <laughs> I'm in my late thirties. In your late thirties? Uh, yes, uh, uh, forty-four. And uh, how old are you, Miss Bank? <laughs> now, what are you going to say with your first number, darling? <laughs> Miss Bankett, I ask you a question. How old are you? Uh, what are you going to sing for your first number? Uh, didn't you want to tell me your age? What are you going to sing for your 38th... No, I mean your first number. That prize song. And as only you can, darling. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the great voices of our time, singing the prize song from the Meister singer, Mr. Lawrence Melchior. Die 
gelacht, wo du unter einem Lumirbaum von Sternen hell durchschienen. Ich schau den Wagen dich auf Traum vom Heiligolde-Wienen. Mich netzend mit dem edlen Nacht, das ist der Wein. Die Muse Das Paradies in himmlischen Neuverkehrer Fahrt, nun den Feldenfahrt mir dies, die mein Herz erkoren, der Here's a word from RCA Victor. There used to be a saying, you can't be in two places at once, but millions of us are disproving it every day. Your living room rug with television becomes the world's most wonderful magic carpet. And while you're sitting comfortably at home, you can be at your choice of dozens of other places. You're missing a lot of fun if you're putting off your purchase, as the Davises of Detroit, Michigan found out. Here's what William D. Davis Jr. tells us. Have enjoyed every minute of my RCA Victor television set. If I had known what I now know about television, I wouldn't have waited as long as I did to own one. So don't be a television putter-offer any longer. Find out the facts for yourself. Look up the listings of top-notch shows now on the air with more coming almost every week. Take the whole family downtown for a look at RCA Victor's 18 beautiful new television receivers. They're million-proof. Proven in well over a million American homes. Make your family millionaires this Christmas with the gift that keeps on giving. America's favorite television, RCA Victor. Pardon me, I'm looking for a tomato named Tallulah. <laughs> Who are you? I'm from Duffy's Tavern. The name is Archie. And what do you want? Well, I made a blind date here with some little mouse. It is obvious that you have staggered in here by some ghastly mistake. Huh? This is the big show. Oh, the big show, huh? Who are you, Big Tallulah? I am Tallulah Bankhead. 
This is a blind date. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you know, it's a funny thing. This is a center theater here. It's a center of everything but laughs, you know? Uh, permit me to present me card, Miss... Uh, here you are. The Ace of Spades? The Ace of Spades? Oh, I'm sorry. Fell out of me sleeve. I should have removed me handball glove. Uh, here, this is me card. Uh, Ed, Archie, Gardner, Duffus Tavern... Where the elite meet to eat. The Habla Espanol. And Spanish spoken too. And Spanish spoken too. Like a cucaracha. Well, I'd still like to know what you're doing here. Tallulah, don't you remember? I'm the Don John that telephoned you. I told you I'd meet here and we'd go out. You! Surprised you, huh? <laughs> Well, come on, toots. I ain't got no time to fool around. Shake it up. <laughs> you ain't even dressed yet. Not dressed? You ain't going out in that kimono, are you? <laughs> this dress is Hattie Carnegie's. Better give it back to her and slip into one of your own. <laughs> I'm taking you over to Duffy's Tavern. Duffy's Tavern? Yeah. On the phone, you told me you had a chain of restaurants. I said I had a restaurant chain. Chain that runs along the bar to keep the drunks from falling. <laughs> and that book, that book you said you wrote? I said I'm making book. <laughs> if you ain't going out with a nobody tonight, you're going out with a long shot. Uh, obviously a case of arrested development. Well, I ain't pinched the joint yet. <laughs> well, come on, Tallulah, leave us get the lead out, huh? <clears throat> Uh, we'll get the car. Oh, the town car you said you had. I said a cross-town car. <laughs> cross-town car? Why, certainly, you're traveling in style, kid. I'm loaded with transfers. <laughs> uh, you ain't never been to Duffy's Tavern, huh? No, and I can imagine what sort of place it is. I doubt it. <laughs> Uh, you got to see it to believe it. It's only one of the most exclusive joints in New York. Oh, exclusive, huh? Oh, very risque. <laughs> Matter of fact, you can't get into the place without a card. And how do you get a card? We got a kid in the street passing them out. <laughs> yeah? How bourgeois? Bourgeois? Look, I ain't giving you no bourgeois. It's a high-class joint. It has that certain something, you know. The certain je ne sais quoi? What? Je ne sais quoi. Well, it did at first, but the health department took care of that. And how is the cuisine? Oh, the cuisine. Oh, man, you feet. Practically as good as the food. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh, what food? When you get over there tonight, I want you to try the 25-cent seven-course dinner. You'll never forget it. 25 cents for seven courses? Well, it might seem like a lot to you, but don't worry. Tonight, it's on me. From the look of your vest, it's been on you every night. <laughs> hmm? you, you like me, new suit, huh? It's imported. It's uh, one of them Scotch terriers. Tell me more about these kennel rations you serve for 25 cents. Well, believe me, Tallulah, it's worth it when you consider the service. You know, we make it very personal, uh, Private napkin to each customer. Uh, individual knives and forks. Uh, the table 
cloth changed every fortnight. <laughs> Sometimes even every third night. <laughs> and on top of the food, a floor show. How messy can you get? <laughs> yes, sir. And what a floor show. We got a one-man band, you know. A one-man band? Yeah, a guy known as the Lone Arranger. <laughs> yeah, he's terrific. Plays the harmonica with his mouth. The drums with his feet and the cymbals with his elbows. And what does he do with his hands? He holds them over his ears. He can't stand them. <laughs> well, how does the tavern sound to you? It sounds perfectly nauseating. I know you'd like it. Well, come on, let us get going. We're wasting time, huh? Well, just give me a moment to think about it. And I'd like to take that moment, Miss Bankhead, to say the next time you suffer from pains of headache, neuritis, or neuralgia... Take Anison. You'll bless the day you heard of this incredibly fast way to relieve these pains. Now, the reason Anison is so wonderfully fast-acting and effective is this. Anison is like a doctor's prescription. That is, Anison contains not just one, but a combination of medically proven active ingredients in easy-to-take tablet form. Thousands of people have received envelopes containing Anison tablets from their own dentist or physician and in this way discovered the incredibly fast relief Anison brings from pains of headache, neuritis, or neuralgia. So the next time a headache strikes, take Anison for this wonderfully fast relief. Anison, A-N-A-C-I-N. Anison comes in handy boxes of 12 and 30, economical family-sized bottles of 50 and 100. Get Anison at any drugstore. Well, Tololi, you had that minute to think it over. Have you come to any concussions? Yes, I must have a hole in my head for even thinking about it. But I'm considering going with you. You intrigue me. I intrigue you? Yeah. Well, not now. Maybe later. Uh, maybe we'll have a midnight smack, huh? I'll go on one condition that all of my friends on the big show come with me. Fred, Jack, Ed, Lawrence, Meredith. Come here, darlings. I want you all to meet Mr. Gardner. Mr. Gardner, may I present Mr. Fred Allen? How do you do? How do you do? And this is Jack Carson, Mr. Gardner. How, How do, do you do? How do you do? And you've met Fred. How do you do? How do you do? How do you do? And Edwin. How do you do? How do you do? And Jack and Fred, of course. How do you do? How do you do? How do you do? How do you do? And Lawrence Melchior. How do you do? Oh, let me see now. Have you met Fred, Jack, and Ed? How do you do? 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 And Meredith Wilson. How do you do? How do you do? Now, who else now? Fred, Jack, Ed, and Lawrence. How do you do? 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 Well, that'll be service for 58. Uh, and everybody gets a separate check now, except you, Miss, uh, uh... Did I meet you yet? Tallulah Bankhead. How do you do? How, How do you do? do? <laughs> well, we're all off the duffer sack. Before you go, Miss Bankhead, I just wish to say that this portion of the program was brought to you by your local Ford dealer, who is now displaying the new 1951 Ford, the car that's built for the years ahead. By RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television, and by the Whitehall Pharmacal Company, makers of Anison, Colonos, Bicidol, and other fine drug products. Wait a minute, I ain't met this guy. Who's this? This, darling, is NBC, the national broadcasting company. How do you... This is The Big Show. 
And all of our stars have been invited down to Duffy's Tavern. Hello, Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meat to eat Archie the Manger's bacon. Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. Hey, guess who's coming over tonight? Tallulah. What do you mean, Tallulah who? <laughs> Tallulah Bankhead. Huh? Who is he? <laughs> he only happens to be one of the biggest female actresses in the country. Never heard, huh? Uh, Duffy, Duffy, this name has been up in tights. I mean, lights. <laughs> been up in lights for years. Guy still don't know who she is. Duffy, she's a combination of a beautiful woman and a great comedian. Well, think of Betty Grable for beauty. Uh-huh. Now think of Joan Davis for comedy. Mix them together and what do you get? Betty Davis? <laughs> well, that's close enough. And who else do you think is coming? Lawrence Melchior. What do you mean, who is she? <laughs> you heard of Pinzer? Well, this guy's a contemptuary ahead. Got three of the biggest clowns in America, Fred Allen and, and Jack Carson and, and Ed Wynn. Hey, what? On ice, huh? <laughs> in addition, is Meredith Wilson. Yeah, Meredith Wilson, the conductor, is coming down. Look, Duffy, I realize that all of them crumbs ain't as good as four chicks and a chuck, <laughs> but I can get them to work free. Well, look, Duffy, I gotta hang out. Uh, hang up now. I'll call you back. Here comes the big mo now. <laughs> well, Tolulo, welcome to the tavern. How do you like the place? It obviously is not 21. <laughs> Neither are you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the others will be here in just a minute. There was a slight misunderstanding. The conductor was quite stuffy about accepting yesterday's transfers. I'm most... I'm most anxious to find out how you can stay in business and serve a seven-course dinner for 25 cents. How do we do it? We got ways and means. Uh, may I check your coat, Miss Bankhead? Please do. It'll cost you five bucks. Five bucks? That's the ways and means. And, uh, uh, this is a lovely coat. My goodness, uh, mink dyed? Well, we all have to go sometime. <laughs> well, here comes Mr. Allen. Welcome, Mr. Allen. Uh, you never had here before, did you? Well, once, uh, Archie, many years ago. And you never returned? No, but for weeks, the food did. <laughs> Remember, I have a bitter uh, memory of a sandwich I consumed here. It was called a Sam Special. Sam Special? Yes, it consisted of a slice of Spam, a slice of ham, and a slice of Sam. <laughs> we still got the Sam Special here. Very popular. Ouch! There's Sam making a special up now. <laughs> okay, Mr. Allen, is that what you want, a Sam Special? No, I don't think so, Archie. Uh, who else? Uh, I mean, uh, what else have you got? Well, I'll give you the bill affair in a minute. Let me uh -huh. check your coat, Mr. Allen. Fred, aren't they actually okay? Why? 
Uh, check your coat, Mr. Allen? Yes, thank you. It'll cost you five bucks. Well, isn't that a coincidence? So did the coat. <laughs> oh, here comes Jack Carson. Yeah. Hi, gang. Hello. Hi, well, welcome to the tavern, Mr. Carson. Are you hungry? I certainly am. Well, here's a man after my own heart. If that's what you're serving, I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, no, you, you don't dig me. Let me uh, check your hat and coat. Here you are. There's your hat check. That'll be $5. $5 for what? For the hat check. Uh, you want to get your coat and hat back, don't you? Look, I don't need a check. I go, I go to all the best places in town, get my hat and coat, and they never give me a check. They know me. All the pictures I've been in. Uh-huh. I just finished one with Ginger Rogers for Universal. The groom wore spurs. You see, I'm a Hollywood celebrity. Uh-huh. I just went into Toots Shores, gave the girl my hat and coat, and she didn't give me a check. The only thing was, when I got my hat back and started to put it on... A little piece of paper fell out, and on the check, the girl had written, Tall, ugly man on the paunchy side. Because you don't need no check here. Thank you very much. Not at all. <laughs> How do you spell paunchy? <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Oh, I'm so sorry I'm late, but the funniest thing just happened to me on the way over here. A man stopped me on the street about a block from here, and I felt so sorry for him. You know, he looked so hungry and emaciated. Didn't even have an overcoat on. What do you think of that? And he was standing there shivering. Honestly, I felt so sorry for him, I gave him all the money I had. $83.20. And how generous, darling. But I wouldn't have given him all that. I wouldn't either, only he had a gun. (laughs) (laughs) Some classy neighborhood. Yeah, everybody here is stuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should have gotten four chicks and a chuck. Hey, Mr. Melky and Mr. Wilson. Hello. Hello. Welcome, gentlemen, to Duffy's Tavern. Mr. Wilson and Mr. Melchior, a table for three, gentlemen. Thank you. I'm very hungry, Archie. Uh, do you have a steak? Have we got a steak? How would you like it, Mr. Melchior? Medium, uh, rare, or well done? One of each. One of each? <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, that and some pig knuckles, too. And, and cleanse your potatoes. Uh, and you can get all the potatoes you can stomach. They're chateau potatoes. Chateau? They're on the house. Uh, on the house? Will you stop this for a second, please? <laughs> uh, yes, they're on the house. They're free. Or gratin, you know? Uh, <clears throat> what's the matter? No hablo espanol? <clears throat> How about you, Mr. Wilson? Are you hungry? I sure am. Bring on anything you got. Ah, there's a man after my own heart. There, there he goes again. You must have two hearts. Three clubs. Three no trump. I double. Please, no poker. You can't gamble here. Can't gamble, he says. How about that dinner we're going to eat here? Oh, look, isn't that Minnie Carson coming in? Yes, it's Minnie Carson. Hello, darling. How are you? Come in. everybody. Well, now that Miss Mindy Carson is here, leave us not the festivities festering. Uh, would you fester us with a little song, Miss Carson? Hey, you're a cutie, you know. Uh, you're looking at the wrong Carson. She is Miss Carson. <laughs> oh, excuse me. How about a song, Miss Carson? Oh, I'd love to, Archie. My first song is Frank Lesser's new hit tune, If I Were a Bell. No, no, just a minute. You're not going to let this little lady sing just like that. Let's give the place a little class. I'll introduce her, huh? Okay, Mr. Carson, go ahead now. Everybody sit back and relapse, huh? First, I'll save up a few drinks. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is the most fabulous tavern in the world, Duffy's Tavern. The guests for dinner here tonight are seated in the famous Cub Room, or uh, no, the Dodger Room. Include Miss Tallulah Bankhead, debutante from Montgomery, Alabama, who will soon be coming out. If she's not careful with that dress. <laughs> Mr. Fred Allen, the eminent nose specialist. The former fire chief, Mr. Ed Wynn. And there are the famous operatic team of Loritz Melchior. <laughs> and there at a table for two are Meredith Wilson and his orchestra and chorus. And wiping his hands in a dirty apron is your fabulous host, Ed Archie Gardner. Mr. Gardner has just sent over to the gentleman at each table a magnet of celery tonic. And for the ladies, a bottle of Canal Number no. 5. <laughs> now stepping into the spotlight with one foot daintily posed on the bar rail is Miss Mindy Carson. Ding, dong, ding, dong, ding. Ask me how do I feel. Ask me now that we're cozy and clinging. Well, sir, all I can say is if I were a bell, I'd be ringing. From the moment we kiss tonight, that's the way I've just got to behave. Boy, if I were a lamp, I'd light. Or if I were a banner, I'd wave. Ask me, how do I feel? Little me with my quiet upbringing. Well, sir, all I can say is if I were a gate, I'd be swinging. And if I were a watch, I'd start popping my spring. Or if I were a bell, I'd go ding dong, ding dong, ding. I knew my morale would crack From the wonderful way that you look Boy, if I were a duck, I'd quack Or if I were a goose, I'd be cooked Ask me, how do I feel? Ask me now that we're fondly caressing Pal, if I were a salad I know I'd be splashing my dressing or if I were a season, I'd surely be spring. Or if I were a bell, I'd go ding, dong, ding, dong, ding. Mindy, you know, you're, you're really solid. Oh, you like my voice? Yeah, I was talking about your built, though. <laughs> speaking of solid, uh, Mr. Milky, you ain't done nothing yet, and you've already been on your second, sulk, second helping of pig's knuckles. Uh, these are my own knuckles. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, how about singing a little song anyway? 
I do not sing little songs. I sing arias from Grand Opera, and I'm sure you don't understand Grand Opera. Me, I listen to Grand Ole Opry on the radio every Saturday night. <laughs> Very funny show. We are not speaking of the same grand opera. I am speaking of the opera of Gallicucci, Schumannheim, Geraldine Farrar. What about Minnie Pearl? <laughs> you see, you don't understand grand opera. Oh, I do. I understand opera. And do you know that Carmen is my favorite opera? Look, I'll tell you what I'd love to do with you. If you just sing, I will explain the opera to the public. Because very rarely do they know what... You know, Very well. Uh, yeah. uh, I'll sing Pagliacci. Pagliacci? Yes, uh, basically like Cuba from Pagliacci. You don't happen to know Carmen, do you? That's my favorite. Oh, yes, I do, but I'm trying to sing Pagliacci. Well, all right. I still think that Carmen has got something... Pagliacci. You know. mm-hmm. If you could just bring yourself around to my way of thinking. I you know, sing, Carmen is... I sing Pagliacci. Pagliacci. How much do you weigh? How much? Do you weigh? Please, I will sing. You just explain the story for the public. Maestro Pagliacci. Recitar mentre preso dal delirio non so che dico e che faccio Pardon me, let me explain it up to there. They can't remember too much. <laughs> now, the opera, the, where, what he was singing, as the curtain rises, we see Carmen, you this, see? This is not Carmen. <laughs> this is the story of a broken-hearted clown. I know that. For heaven's sakes, I studied opera. He's a broken-hearted clown because he's in love with a girl, and guess what her name is? You mean? Exactly. Carmen. <laughs> ah. And as the curtain rises, we see Carmen walking out of the cigarette factory. We know it's a cigarette factory because there are doctors walking in and out of the building. (laughs) Now, Carmen, you know, Carmen is not very pretty. (laughs) She's not pretty. In fact, the one fault to find with Carmen is, that is with her appearance, is that her head sticks out of her dress. Now, as the play opens, she is wearing a yellow blouse and a checkered skate, and as she walks down the street, men whistle at her. They think she's a taxi cab. <laughs> I love this opera. Carmen enjoys this little game, and she keeps her motor running. Now, <laughs> Carmen. Carmen has many admirers, and to each one of them, she is given a lock of her hair. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> so Carmen, or as she is now called by her friends, Baldy <laughs> has any hair left to give to the clown, and he is broken-hearted. Would you continue, please? <laughs> Wait, I'll explain it. Wait. <laughs> we now see Carmen, who has left the cigarette factory, and she's taking a job in a cigar factory. <laughs> you can tell that she has switched to cigars. Because she has on a uh, Havana wrapper. <laughs> Anyhow, a strange man appears in the opera. It is Don Jose. He says to her, how about a drink? She indignantly, she says, swine? He says, no, Swiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Carmen. Carmen loves pun. 
So she falls in love with him. Don Jose kisses her, but she forgets to take the cigar out of her mouth. <laughs> what an exciting scene that is. Me. Don Jose proposes to her. Listen to this. Nine different times he asks her to marry him, and still he keeps on asking her. He will not take yes for an answer. <laughs> At this moment, Carmen's father enters. He says, I'm going to the river to fish for some mussels. So we see the muscle-bound old man. <laughs> he is walking toward the river. Don Jose stops Carmen's father and asks for his daughter's hand. Now, if you will continue. <laughs> Uh-huh. That is her father's answer. <laughs> By now, Don Jose and Carmen's father hate each other. And the audience is in a pretty nasty mood, too. <laughs> but Don Jose returns to Carmen, and he says to her in a beautiful scene, he says, let's get romantic. And they do. They take a walk down the old ox road, and he is filled with pride. Because she's the biggest ox on the road. <laughs> if you will. Se tu fortuna <laughs> Well, if you're not going to take this thing seriously, I won't... Se pagato I'll explain it. You can tell that Don Jose is really broken-hearted. He is so broken-hearted, he knows he will never be able to work again. Having only a little money, he starts economizing. When he walks, he takes long steps just to save his $6 shoes. <laughs> but his steps are so long, he splits his $8 pants. <laughs> I just told you about the pants of La Juba. A little later, I'll tell you about the best of La Juba, if you will continue. Hey! 
It's so nice of you to applaud me like that. <laughs> now, the part that he just sang, to me, is the most interesting part of the whole opera. It is the day of the bullfight. I will explain it. <laughs> the real hero of the play, Escamillo by name, is pacing the floor in his dressing room. His Toreador's costume is not back from the cleanest. <laughs> his spectators are yelling for Escamillo. So he rushes into the arena in his underwear and the bull sees red. <laughs> Escamillo sees Carmen sitting in a box with her father and he turns to bow to Carmen. The bull charges, absorbed in the back of Escamillo's underwear, and the bull stops suddenly. He has seen the trap. <laughs> In the next scene, Escamillo, Escamillo calls on Carmen at her home. And at 3.30 in the morning, he proposes marriage to Carmen. And at 4 a.m., they decide to elope. And just as Escamillo and Carmen are sneaking out the kitchen door into the yard, Dawn is creeping over the fence. <laughs> Dawn is Carmen's mother. <laughs> And now comes the big dramatic moment of the opera. When the couple are standing before the justice of the peace getting married, the judge says, do you take this woman to be your wife? Escamillo says, I do. The judge says, that's funny. I take her to be your mother. <laughs> well, they get married. But it's a matter, you know, it's, it's a modern marriage. It's a failure. <laughs> so they, they separate and they decide to divide the house equally. She gets the inside, and he gets the outside. <laughs> Poor Escamillo starts streaking, and he loses all his money. He loses all his friends. But one day, he finds something in an old suit. It is himself. <laughs> he starts calling on Carmen again. But she wants no part of him, and she runs away to South America. On her arrival in Buenos Aires in South America... <laughs> paper in Walter Winchell's column that she has just become a mother in New York. <laughs> this, this confuses her. <laughs> so she rushes back to New York. She's anxious to see her child. <laughs> she finds him. She finds him. He's making a fortune. He's a television repairman. <laughs> well, that's the story of what that man who was just here was singing about. But some night, if you can get this same guy to sing Carmen, I'd love to tell you the story of Pagliacci. <laughs> my darling. I love you as always. And Lawrence Melchior, I love you always. Uh, wait a minute, Miss Bankhead. How about you entertaining us a little, huh? Oh, no, I couldn't possibly. I'm in the legitimate theater. <laughs> in that case, how about doing something illegitimate? <laughs> well, I could sing. Not that illegitimate. <laughs> well, this place is hardly conducive to a dramatic performance. Well, I conduce it up for you. <laughs> Come on, 
<clears throat> you know, that's what wonderful thing is about television. You ain't come to a line like that, I can deuce it up with you, you know. You, you, you don't on, read the darling. line, you come just on, drop your pants. All right, come on. Uh, <clears throat> come on. Uh, step into the stoplight and strut your stuff, huh? Yeah. Oh, is that my line? I, yeah, that's I a wouldn't cue. have known that's it, a, brother. That's a cue. Oh, you're a living actor, huh? <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh, glad you asked me. Is that your line? I can't right. perform alone if I do a scene from a play. You can't perform no, alone? No, dear. Well, I'm glad you asked me. How would you like to co-star with one of the greatest living actors? And not you, darling. Uh-huh. You a living actor. Yeah. Greatest in Sonny Tufts. Uh, <laughs> yes, sir, actor's blood curses through me veins. Yeah, I can hear it from here, darling. <laughs> huh? The smell of the grease ball is in me nostrils. Yeah, how about it, Tolula? How about you and me doing a little play? We'll co-star together, huh? No, I don't think so, Archie, darling. Yours is such a great talent that it can stand alone. Definitely alone. <laughs> you don't need me. No, huh? No. Maybe not. You must go on alone to great heights. Can't you see it? Archie as King Lear. Archie as Macbeth. Archie as Hamlet. Archie as Judas Caesar. Archie as Tobacco Road. Yes, you will go on and on and on. And all I ask is that someday when you're striding about the stage, you will look up towards the balcony, and there in the very last row will be a little old lady, and I will be saying to the people around me, that's Archie. I knew him when. Archie, I knew him when. You think you ought to be talking while I'm acting? <laughs> I'm so sorry, darling. You're so right. Well, on with the play. Who is it that once says the, the play is the, uh, the thing? Well, I could do something if I had a scene from a drawing room drama, but I would need the assistance of a finished actor. Well, there's nobody more finished than I am. They got finished with me in this script about 20 pages back. <laughs> yeah, me too. Say, is your name still Jack Carson? It's been so long since anybody mentioned my name in this program, I don't remember. Well, don't look at me. I should have brought my sister with me. I'm just the third man, that's all I am. Well, if the star of this program hadn't taken so much time with that telephone call, sure this program isn't the big telephone hour? I'll take it, darling. That must be Claude now. He followed me here. I knew he would. Hello. Oh, hello, Claude, darling. I'd recognize your voice any... Duffy? Who's... Who's Duffy? Oh, that must be for me. Hello, Duffy. Well, I'm doing great here. What do you mean? You're on the cuff. I clipped one of them for $83.20 before he even got here. <laughs> Next Sunday, darlings, from New York, we'll have Fred Allen, Margaret Truman, Danny Thomas, Douglas Fairbanks Jr., Martha Ray, the Sons of the Pioneers, Mindy Carson, Meredith Wilson and his orchestra and others, and now Fred, Jack, Mindy Archie, Ed and Lawrence. Will you join me in hoping that until next Sunday... May the good Lord bless and keep you, whether near or far away. Mindy... May you find that long-awaited golden day today. Archie? May your troubles all be small ones.
and your fortune's ten times ten. Fred, may the good Lord bless and keep you till we meet again. Jack, may they walk with sunlight shining and a bluebird in every tree. Ed, may there be a silver lining Back of every cloud you see, Lawrence, fill your dreams with sweet tomorrows. Never mind, my might have been. May the good Lord bless and keep you until we meet again. May the good Lord bless and keep you. Good night, darlings. The Big Show will come to you next Sunday and every Sunday at this time and is the Sunday night feature of NBC's star-studded five-show festival of comedy, music, drama, and mystery. Be sure to listen tomorrow evening to the Monday night feature, an hour of great music by the famous NBC Symphony. Listen to the big show next Sunday when we will have with us Fred Allen, Margaret Truman, Danny Thomas, Douglas Fairbanks Jr., Martha Ray, the Sons of the Pioneers, Mindy Carson, Meredith Wilson and his chorus and orchestra, and of course your hostess, the glamorous, unpredictable Tallulah Bankhead. The Big Show is directed and produced by Dee Engelbach and written by Goodman Ace with George Foster, Mort Green and Frank Wilson. This is Ed Hurley. Have fun with Phil and Alice and later here, Texas Rangers on NBC. NBC.